What's up, fucko? <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> How's yeah. it going? Uh, not too bad. Been uh, been watching a lot of movies lately. Got a uh, got the spooky season started off right with a The Witch and The Wicker Man double feature on Saturday. Very cool. Yep. What'd you think? I love The Witch. It's so good, isn't it? I can't believe you've yeah. never seen it. It's one of my I favorite movies. Uh, yeah, I've I've seen The Lighthouse like four times or something like that, but I've yeah. never seen The Witch. It's a very slow burn until the end, and then it just gets deliciously psychotic. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. And then uh, like The Wicker f- Man was awesome, too. I saw the original one. Yeah, I uh, have never seen it. Oh, that one. That's a fucked up movie. Yeah. That's a very fucked up movie. I'll have to check it out. I mean, I've seen the... I've seen the Nicolas Cage. The, the troubled Nicky one. Yeah. The Not bee the scene. bees! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, there's a, the original one has a lot of Scottish people just banging all over the place. So That's cool. It also has a young Christopher Lee. Really? What? When yeah. was this movie? Like 1972. Oh, so he was like 40. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, like, young in the sense that, like, he wasn't the 100-year-old man right. singing about Charlemagne. I was, so I was going to say, <laughs> obviously you're aware of Christopher Lee's two histor- yeah. historical concept metal albums that he put out at, like, 97 and 100. Yeah, yeah, they're, like, power metal albums or yeah. something. Because he's, like, a classically trained singer, and he would do this, like, yeah. operatic thing about Charlemagne, yeah. which... I mean, yeah, yeah. With who he's apparently a descendant of, I don't really know how you prove that. Wow. Yeah. But I'm uh, sure it's th- just, there is a. What's that? I was gonna say I'm sure it's just one of those scenarios where like, that's the story that's been handed down in the family. Like how yeah, over they here prob- they everyone could probably is- trace it back to like the 14th or 13th century. Right. And then whoever, whatever assholes were there, like yeah, we're, we're totally Charlemagne. Yeah. Yeah, we are carolings. Yeah. Um. It's like how, like... Oh, Jacques Caratus Magnus, yeah, that was my father, yeah. Every uh, person who... Do you have Southern family? Yeah. Do you know of any claims of being, like, related to, like, a a Cherokee princess? (laughs) That's, like, a very... uh, Most of them are, like, transplants to the South, or, like, they married, like, people from the South. Oh, got it. Like, actually there. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, I mean, my, my family's, like, from there. Like, oh, no, from I mean, there. My family hasn't been in this country for very long on either side. Oh. So. I didn't yeah. realize that your dad's side was, was new as well. Yeah, I'm not sure, like, when his father's side, but his mother's side, they were, like, from uh, Quebec. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, yeah, anyway. What can you do? What uh, can you do? <laughs> hey, hey, bud. Yeah. What is there to say? So I've noticed that you're still, your upstairs must still be very hot. Oh, why? Because of my attire? Yeah. Yeah, I have I have my window open. It is quite warm up here. Wow. Uh, I mean, I've still been sleeping with my AC on, so. Yeah. My upstairs like is so, though. my upstairs is so, like, drafty that yeah. I'm wearing a sweatshirt. Like, last week it oh. was, like, still, like, fucking really hot in here as i'm sure you yeah. remember us mentioning yeah because uh, i forgot to cut that out from the episode but uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, i forgot to cut out a few things i forgot to add some things and yeah uh, whatever i got yeah, it out you went, into, you went into a fugue state while editing <laughs> i i well so being perfectly honest i i i'm never like sitting there listening to every second like 
I, I follow the notes a lot, and you say that's weird? Yeah, I figured you would. I mean, I listen to the episodes after they come out just to just to check things. Oh, I always see if listen. I'm doing seeing if I'm doing like any annoying thing with my mouth, like smacking my lips. Oh, I, I actually it depends. So some weeks I do lots of painstaking editing. Um, yeah. Last week I did not. So it's probably not fair to say that I never do because I I, yeah. I often do. But I've had to one of the compromises because I tend to be really anal about that is that I've had to kind of like step back a little bit. So like I follow the notes and I'll like skip around, jump back, whatever. Um, but yeah, there were a few things that I just missed. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny listening to it. Yeah. I, I, and I, I, there was, I realized we were both sniffling the whole time, and I was like, I'm not, I'm just yeah, not we, fucking doing we, it. Yeah, we were both having some, like, allergic yeah. shit going on. Yeah, I was just like, fuck it, I'm not, yeah, I'm not editing these. I, I edited a good amount of them out, but I was like, I'm not bothering to do all of these. Yeah, fuck it. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> that, that reminds me, so last week, obviously, challenging week, uh, for me, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's a it's a challenging week, but so I, I thought maybe just for my own uh getting it off my chest, my own like therapeutic yeah. venting, um before we discuss today's topic, I thought that I could talk about uh the second worst <laughs> thing to happen in my life last week. Uh, um we'll leave the first up for imagination. But after yeah. you've heard this, you're gonna like wonder what kind of fucking week I had. Um yeah. So, <laughs> I just think it's funny. It's also, it wasn't funny in the moment, but... Uh, oh, yeah, it's always horrifying in oh, the Oh, man. Yeah. Well, this has never happened to me as an adult, man. This is uh, a new experience. So, uh, there's a place near me in Boston that is a sushi place. I'm not going to mention them because I'm not trying to blow up yeah. anyone's spot here. But they deliver sushi until, like, pretty late. Like, you can get sushi delivered until, like, 2 a.m. Yeah. And so, you know, the first time that I tried it, I've had this a million times. The first time I tried it, you're obviously skeptical. But you yeah. know what? It's been like 20 times over the past three years, however long I've lived yeah. here, and uh, never had a problem, right? So I ordered sushi at like 11 p.m., and it shows up, and my roommate is like, oh, what do you got? And I was like, oh, sushi. He goes, where the fuck are you getting sushi from at 11 p.m.? On a Sunday night. Right. <laughs> And I was like, "Oh no, it's 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 fine. It's you know, it's not a it's not a problem." And <laughs> it was a fucking problem. I was like, "I've never had an issue with it." Well, don't give away the climax. Well, I, they already know <laughs> it's not going to be good. Um, so I mean, it tasted fine. It wasn't like it was foul or slimy or anything. Like it was yeah. it was fine. And to be honest, when I get late night sushi, I keep it simple. I'm not getting like, you know, <laughs> like sashimi and stuff. I get yeah, like a, you know a maki roll and some soup. But, yeah, a little uh, tuna. Yeah. But uh, I oh, <laughs> I woke up uh, hours later in what was, I think, the early morning. I didn't check the time, but like 2, 3 a.m., pitch black. And yeah. I realized that I'm like in the, in the middle of like <laughs> shitting my <Yeah>. pants. <laughs> now, this has never happened to me before, but I'm like in the middle of shitting my pants. So I hop up. I stumble around, I go into the bathroom, like, I don't even turn the light on, I'm, like, in such a rush, I pull my <laughs> pants down, I'm, like, knocking stuff over, and I sit down, and now I never, so I have my own ensuite bathroom, which yeah. will make this better in a minute, it's my own bathroom, there's no yeah. sharing of it with anybody, um, 
Yeah, you're not you're not <laughs> smearing your shit all over the no somebody the else's shared bathroom. bathroom. No, yeah. but so the, I, I never leave the toilet seat down, and uh, so I go and I just sit down, and I realize quickly that I am. My ass cheeks are pressed up against the closed lid of my toilet, and I'm just diarrheaing. And so I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. So I get up and like slam that up, and I sit down and I'm like, like a man. It was so unfortunate. And so I just yeah. like take the uh, soiled underwear and and shorts, yeah. and throw them in the shower, and yeah. throw the uh, uh, sheets that I had. Took them off my bed. There didn't wasn't anything visible on them, but you yeah. know, eh, you, you don't trust those. <laughs> yeah. um, and I just like had to like get in the shower and like scrub myself off and like. I, then I obviously the next day put everything in the wash, but I just sort of like yeah. had to rinse everything out and bleach my toilet. And, and man, it sucked so bad. And then I was fine. Yeah. I, yeah. See, as I said before, it, maybe it sounded like I am always shitting my pants. But no, I had norovirus runs, and that was just like a days long ordeal of shitting yeah. myself. <laughs> like, I was really uh, worried. I was I didn't a, eat anything until yeah. well into the day because I was really, well, for multiple reasons. I was you know whatever, but I I, yeah, yeah. I was worried. Um, but no, I was I was fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I'll tell my story too. I guess I had like a work holiday party in 2019, late 2019. And it's, like, an earlier thing, like, we leave work early. And so they serve food at, like, 4 p.m. Yeah. And I eat, and it's fine. And as far as I know, nobody else got sick. But literally, like, 12 hours on the dot, like, 4 a.m., I wake up as, like, I farted in my sleep, but it, it wasn't no fart. Like, there was some shit in it. And I wake up as it's happening. I'm like, what the fuck? And I, like, run to the bathroom and just have the worst diarrhea of my life. Ugh. And I'm starting to feel really not good. And I get up, I it was contained entirely within my shorts. So That's horrible. I, I'm like already feeling like really bad and like I can't even like get anywhere else. So I just go back to my bed. There's not shit anywhere. And then like I start dozing off. Twenty minutes later it happens literally the same thing again. Oh. The brand new pair of shorts that I just put on are soiled the same way as the first. That's horrible. And at man. this point I get into my bathroom. In my bathroom I was the only one home. And uh, my roommate had this very large uh, dog, German Shepherd, who yeah. I loved yeah. at the time. So, like, I couldn't even lock the door to keep him out. I'm so sick. I sit down on the toilet. Happens again. And then I start projectile vomiting, filling up my tub. Like, the entire bathtub. Jesus. <laughs> and then I'm so sick at this point that, like, I can I just crawl out of the bathroom and I can't close the door. I can't. I couldn't clean up the tub at this point. And I knew this fucking nasty fucking dog was gonna be interested in it. So I tried my best to close the door, but like the handle doesn't go in. It's like this little like yeah, yeah. lock latch that you can only do from the inside. And I crawl like somewhere nearby my room, and I'm laying there before you know another twenty minutes are up, and I have to go again. Uh, and I get into the bathroom, and what used to be a tub filled with puke like chunky puke my body clearly <laughs> hadn't digested anything is now spotless oh my god <laughs> this is already this is the grossest episode we've ever done and the fucking dog is just licking his chops nearby and now i've got that image in my <laughs> head of him eating my puke that's <laughs> just making me even more sick good soup. and then uh i had like four days of that and it was like, the worst experience of my life Oh my god! Not quite, but it was pretty bad. Yeah, not a good experience. Yeah, and then I had to go on a plane. So this happened 
Saturday morning, early Saturday morning. I had to go on a plane the following Wednesday. That was a very harrowing experience. <laughs> I brought extra pairs of clothes onto the plane. I was like done at that point. But yeah. I was like, I don't know. One might sneak through. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to. You don't want to be stuck at thirty thousand feet with yeah. only one pair of shit-filled underwear, <laughs> having to sit next to somebody. Yeah. Uh. Nice, dude. Well. Yeah, dude. I've finally joined the the fraternity of the brown pants. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just glad that I was not out and about or on a plane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, that would suck real bad. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's our poop the pants stories. That's the <laughs> the, the second worst thing that happened to me last week. Uh, fun one lined up for you this is the first in our uh, uh october series of of spooktacular spook events um yep. where it's not necessarily going to be horror themed but i mean i think you'll see pretty quickly why i chose the one that i chose uh this yeah. week yeah um, we're doing spooky stuff yeah kind of spooky or related to spooky or just sort of in that sort of halloweeny kind yeah. of vein um yep. but before we do that uh Yes. We've got a return. We haven't been doing advertisements for a while because yep. we just haven't been getting offers, but um, we got yeah. one. Yeah, we got one. Uh, just This one just came in today, so um, uh, yeah, let's hear it. So today's episode is brought to you by Mad Vlad the Rad's Big Bad Pad of Halloween Swag. That's right, lads. This sad dad of Lackey and Chad lagged behind the fad like the wax sad sack cat he purportedly was. So come on down to the Fun One's dumb hovel of rough-spun, one-stop, no-refund huntsman dumb house of curiosities, trinkets, and one-time use. Wait, I still have that in my closet costumes fraying at the seams right out of the bags. You'll wish you never spent $50 on that wig and cape combo that just gave you a rash. But forget about that return policy. This no-take-backs, all-sass, no-flash, some-rash, mass of useless trash will be gone by November 3rd. Come on down and get that soon-to-be landfill fodder costume decoration one-and-done shopping trip over today. No discount. (laughs) 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 That was very good. I practiced that like fucking like ten times rapidly oh my before God. I did this. <laughs> yeah, it, it paid off. You did it. <laughs> oh, that was funny. No discount. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I don't even. I honestly can't even tell what that was for. So, uh, but whatever I think it was. They sell Halloween uh, supplies. Okay. Cool. Well, that's that's fun. Um, if you have a need for that, uh, <laughs> yeah, go there and get them. 
<laughs> cool. Um, thanks, Evan. Yep. Th- uh, uh, thanks, Mad Flat the Rad. Yeah. That's his door. Thanks. <laughs> um, all right. Cool. Well, I can't. It's hard following that up, but uh, unfortunately, I've got about an hour's worth of material to do just that. So. Um, okay. Well, you have forty minutes. Well, let's uh, let's start the show. Okay. Um, so this week, uh, as I said, this is our first sort of October, ooh, ooh, eerie, spooky, ooh, yeah, ghoulish. It was um, the mesh. <laughs> that's, so that's actually in last week's episode. I put yeah, that I know, song I in. There. I also noticed a little misfits there too, right? Oh yeah, at that's, the end that's, Saturday night. Yeah, that's an awesome song. It um, is, yeah. But so yeah, so. The first, we were, you know, I was trying to think. I know I mentioned last week that I had uh, a three-parter planned, and I still do. I actually started work on that. Um, yeah. But then Evan and I were talking, and it's like it's October. We should try to do Octobery stuff. So, yep. And I guess cryptids sort of are that, but yeah, it was kind of like a little, little kickoff. Yeah. To the spooky fest. I suppose fest. so. Um, but so <laughs> this week uh, we're going to be talking about um, someone that. In some respect, you've all probably heard of, whether you realize it or not. Um, we're going to be talking about Vlad Dracula, or Vlad the Impaler. Um, yep. So, Vlad the Impaler is a famous, uh, infamous, uh, Wallachian, uh, Romanian sort of warlord and prince uh, from the 15th century, um, who... I mean, well, he's called Vlad the Impaler, uh, yeah. so you can probably kind of make some assumptions about what sort of a fellow he was. We will be kink-shaming in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not as much as you think, truthfully, I, but... Um, there, there will be some light kink-shaming. Yeah, not as much as you think, you know. Uh, well, you but, know, in 2020, we decided as a society not to kink-shame. Look how it went. 2021, yeah. it's back. All right. Feel bad. Well, I guess so. We'll dive in. Uh, so, <laughs> Evan says he's going to kink shame. Well, yep. well, I'll give him free reign. He's a sovereign citizen. Um, That's right. <laughs> so, uh, I guess I <laughs> wanted to start by giving like a little a little backstory, which I think is a good place to start. Um, into the sort of world uh, and family that that this guy was born into. Um, Yes. And you'll recall that I called him Vlad Dracula. Um, yes, that is Dracula. correct. Uh, and you're probably thinking Dracula, like the vampire? Like, like that Nosferatu fellow? Yeah. Nosferatu? You mean Nosferatu? Yeah. Nosferatu, Nosferatu, whatever, man. It's a made-up fucking thing. No, it's not. Nosferatu is a real old vampire term. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Is it real? All right. Yes. Um, I digress. So... <laughs> this is the guy after whom Bram Stoker's famous vampire is named, uh, Count Dracula. Um, but he wasn't always Vlad Dracula or Vlad the Impaler. Um, before all of that, he was the second uh, legitimate son of Vlad the Second Dracul, uh, which means Vlad the Dragon. Um, so Vlad the Dad, Vlad's dad, Vlad, uh, was a noble yep. knight and a voivode in a, a region of southeastern Europe historically known as Wallachia. Um, so Wallachia is a region uh, that's mostly, most of Wallachia is encompassed within modern-day Romania. Um, it's yep. heavily forest and very mountainous, uh, dominated by the Carpathian forest and mountains. Um, 
and the people there, the Vlachs or the Valachs, uh, were actually mostly ethnically Romanian. Um, so anyway, Vlad's dad, Vlad, is a member of the Order of the Dragon, uh, which is a chivalric order invested by the emperors of the Holy Roman Empire, uh, of which Wallachia was a sort of sporadic frontier region either associated with them or with the Kingdom of Hungary, which at some, t at some points was part of the HRE, some points it's its own thing. And so this is all very incestuous, but... Um, it's HRE sort of, history, it's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's in that sphere. Um, and so this this leads to him adopting the sobriquet uh, Dracul, which just means dragon in Romanian. Um, so mostly people know him as, as Vlad Dracul. But since today we're going to be talking about Vlad Dracula, Dragulia, Dracula, mm -hmm. um, I'll try to make a... <laughs> there's a... There's a lot of double names in this episode, just fair warning. <laughs> Um, yeah. And so similarly, and I, I don't, you know, I always make this disclaimer, I don't speak fucking Romanian, but I'm going to do my best. Um, so similarly, his house was called the House of Draculeshti, uh, the House of the Dragons. Um, and I mean his family house, not like, uh, not, not like, like uh, the, where he lived. Yeah, that he probably just <laughs> called the house. Not his hovel. Um, he wouldn't have had a hovel. No, so he was a big deal. So as I mentioned, he was a, a voivode. Um, which is a common title in the Danube region of Eastern Europe, uh, but it, it, throughout history it's had varying meanings. Um, at this point in Wallachia, the voivodes are, are somewhere between like strongmen warlords and hereditary princes. So the title could theoretically pass directly to your heir. Um, they didn't have systematic primogeniture, but um, there were so many frequent squabbles over power that many voivode ships changed hands like really frequently. Um, Vlad's dad, Vlad himself, had two non-consecutive reigns, and Vlad the Impaler would actually go on to reign as voivode three times with interruptions greater and lesser in between. Um, so anyway, Vlad's dad is the sometime voivode of Wallachia at a very interesting time in history. Uh, his older half-brother, um, Vlad Draculs, that is, uh, yeah. Vlad the dad was a bastard. Uh, I'm sorry, his older half-brother uh, was voivode before him. He was a bastard um, and had acknowledged the supremacy of the Ottoman uh, Sultan Murad II. And so he moved Wallachia from being a, a sort of protectorate state of the Hungarian kingdom to the Ottoman Empire. Yeah. Um, however, when that older brother, Alexander Aldea, died in 1436, Vlad Dracul seized power with backing from the Kingdom of Hungary uh, and reasserted... I like the way you said Dracul there. You said it a Dra lot like... Dracul. Dracula. Vlad Dracul. Vlad Dracul. Um, I'm going to try to do that more. Um, and so he reasserted uh, uh, Christian um, supremacy over the region. Um, yeah. Needless to say, uh, the important thing to realize is that our Vlad, little Vlad, Vlad the Impaler, uh, he grew up in a very small region of Europe that had become a, a super important point of interest for both the Ottomans and the HRE and the sort of states surrounding the HRE, notably in our story, uh, the Kingdom of Hungary. Um, and so both of these sort of regional powers are vying for nominal control of the region um, because it's super valuable as a buffer state sort of between Europe and Asia. Um, the people living there, by extension, are really mm. tough, really independent, and they get very good at fighting. Um, and you'll see, like, they're, they're scrappy, no-nonsense kind of people. I would go so far as to say that area of Europe, uh, they love fighting over there. Oh, yeah, they've never pretty stopped. pretty much all they've ever fucking done. Yeah, there's a long history of this entire region changing hands, basically just being... You know, a lot of these smaller subregions just sort of being dominated by big empires and powers, and and this is a a, a major point 
in that uh, history where the Ottomans are just sort of really on the rise. They're, they're um, exploding onto the global scene and they're really vying for um, control yeah. over this region. And so at this point, the, the Byzantine Empire, right, which had been the big sort of regional uh, buffer between East and West is essentially dead it's it's basically just constantinople and the surrounding areas yeah there's um, and like a few, a few little, little exclaves. Like, exclaves yeah yeah um and the ottomans have taken over most of greece they have a substantial foothold in europe um yep. and they're starting to eye constantinople very greedily and right in that same region you have Wallachia, um which is you know another sort of important route um from asia into europe Scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We're so sorry, skeletons, you're so misunderstood. You only want to socialize. I don't think we should. A spooky, scary skeleton shouts startling, shrilly screams. So, um, so our Vlad, Vlad the Third. Vlad Dracula. Yep. I, it, it's hard. The way that they say it, it's, it's actually like Dracul. Dracul, Draculia or Draculia. But I also always want to say Dracula. And That's what so I'm saying. It's, it's like you keep yeah. pronouncing it kind of like that. Yeah, Dracul. it's Draculia. Dracula. Um, so our Vlad, little Vlad, uh, was born sometime between 1428 and 1431, right as all this shit is about to pop off. So he has like a fucking yep, insane yep. childhood. Um, so when he was just imagine. a young... Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> this was a, fu- a fucking crazy place to be. He had a pretty fucking crazy adulthood, too, so I'd imagine yeah, well, the childhood. He, yeah, well, <laughs> and the reason I'm including all this is is as sort of a backdrop, because, like, you're going to understand, like, he was a hard dude. He was, like, not a nice man. Um, yeah. But, so, anyway. When he was just a young boy in 1441, so he's, like, 10-ish, maybe, his father is approached by the neighboring voivode of Transylvania, John Hunyadi. Uh, who tries to convince Vlad Dracul to join a crusade against the Ottomans. Um, and this crusade is going to be, I forget what it's called, but I have it written down here somewhere. Yeah. Um, it's going to be to aid the, the Byzantine Empire, who are being um, yeah. very quickly sort of dominated and overrun by the Ottomans. So um, as a brief aside, you keep saying Voivode. There is uh, Jason Newstead, former bassist of Metallica. Oh, yeah. He had joined a band after he left called Voivod. Yeah, yeah. And They're awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and I didn't realize this now. I'm looking into it. I didn't know Daniel Mongrain is now in the band. He was from Martyr. Oh, well, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. He did shit with, like, Cryptopsy and shit. But, Dude, uh, yeah. Cryptopsy, old Cryptopsy fucking rules. Um, yeah. yeah, so he that band. He was also in Capharnum with that really good album that Capharnum had, that one really good one. Was that the one. Jason Suikoff and... Yeah, yeah, the Suikoff The dude Rose, from yeah. Trivium did the singing in it? Yeah. Yeah. That was back when he was still, like, a really diesel singer. Well, that was when... That was in, like... That was fucking like 18 years ago yeah he was he and he was like 18 or 19 yeah yeah he he could scream like a beast he was good (laughs) i mean trivium was cool for like a hot second like Uh. their their first album's wicked dumb the second one's okay (laughs) i mean everyone's dumb you know what i mean every every one of their albums are dumb (laughs) um but i think that yeah, I mean, yeah. So Voivod <laughs> yeah. is a cool band though, and they're and they're named obviously after this, and they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Um, their whole thing is they're like a concept band, like a yeah. like a Coheed and Cambria, and all of their music is about a like a post-apocalyptic uh, 
vampire warlord named like Count <laughs> Voivod. Um, but he's like a radioactive robot vampire. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Yep. But anyway, <coughs> former basis of Metallica, Jason Newstead was in it. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was in that band for a while. Um Dave Grohl played in Voivod for a while. He played drums. Did he really? Yeah, they have a lot of session musicians come in. Huh. Um funny. Dave Grohl's been in like every single fucking band at some point. Yeah, it's so funny because like Dave Grohl <laughs> I want to say that Dave Grohl is like my quote unquote favorite musician, but I don't mean like no. in the sense that you would think. Like it's got nothing to do with like I don't like Foo Fighters. I don't really give a fuck about no, most no, of what he's done. Nobody really likes Foo Fighters. There's a lot of people that really like Foo Fighters. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I I just think he seems like a fucking awesome guy, and he yeah. like he's really good to his fans. He seems like he's just like a really genuine, like caring yeah. person. Um, Plus he so he seems like he's all right. The best Queens of the Stone Age album. Yeah, so I, I, and you know, it's not like I hate Nirvana. They're just like not a part of my yeah, life since I was like shit. thirteen. Right, I have like no opinion on that band. Um, there, there are some cool. The cool, st- the cool Nirvana stuff is not the stuff that you listened to when you were fourteen. There's, there are cool Nirvana tracks, but like ceremonial pissings. That's a pretty cool track. <laughs> um, anyway, whatever. That's not even. I got so much to get through here. Um, <laughs> You digress. So, so John Hunyadi has just come and tried to convince yeah, John uh, Hunyadi. Yep, yeah, has yeah. just tried to convince Vlad's dad, Vlad, to join this crusade against the Ottomans to help the Byzantines, right? Um, and so, as I've said, control of Wallachia shifts a bunch, and by 1437, uh, the Holy Roman Emperor Sigismund of Luxembourg has died, um, and he had also Sigismund. had a major power base in Hungary. Um, and Hungary is severely weakened when he dies. And so their ability to aid Wallachia, and once again, Vlad found himself swearing, uh, I'm sorry, their ability to aid Wallachia is greatly decreased. And so Vlad, uh, the dad, is now stuck in this position where... Vlad's dad, Vlad the dad. Right. He's like, okay, well, I can either stay allied to Hungary, which is like basically neutered right now, or I can give in to the request from the Ottomans to swear fealty and accept suzerainty and pay them tribute and whatever. So he does. Um... He again swears fealty to Murad II. Uh, Murad promptly orders him to invade Transylvania, um, yep. which leads us to the problem that we find ourselves in, where John Hunyadi is asking him to join this crusade. Uh, Murad II is saying, you should actually go invade your neighbor in Transylvania. And so he kind of does neither. Uh, and eventually, um, eventually, Murad II sends him a letter and is like, all right, you need to come to Edirne, which is uh, what the Ottomans Adrian. called Adrianople, which is in Thrace. So just to the south of the area we're talking about, still kind of in the Balkans. Um, and he promptly takes him into custody for questioning, like, where are your real loyalties? You know, you said you were going to swear allegiance to me, but now I hear you're talking to John Hunyadi about joining this crusade. <laughs> What's going on, brother? Um, and so Vlad, as a show of loyalty, he takes his... Uh, not his heir, but his two middle sons, so little Vlad and Vlad's uh, little brother Radu, um, with him on this trip uh, to go and, and sort of grovel before the the, uh, the Ottoman Bay. Um, we call them a sultan, but they, they actually called them the Bay. Um, so John Hunyadi, he sees the chance to solve his problem. He's like, all right, well, whatever, man. If you're not going to do this, I'm just going to take your lands and use them in the crusade anyway. So he invades um, Wallachia. And he places Vlad's cousin Basarab in the voivode ship. You're going to hear every single name that I've said again, and they're going to be different people. So nice. just deal with it. Um, Even John so, Hunyadi? 
No, is but there you're, another John Hunyadi. He's got a son named I forget something Hunyadi. Um, Joe Hunyadi. <laughs> no, but there's a Joey. lot of people. So, and I don't include a lot of them in this, but there's a lot of people in Wallachia and the Wallachian yeah. sort of um, aristocracy, the boyars, which are like mm. what they call their like nobles who can sort of elect the voivodes. Um, they're called mm. uh, Dan. There's a lot of Dans. So oh, it's like yeah, Dan, yeah, I've seen Dan that. the yeah. Third. Dan. Dan the Third of Wallachia. Um, it's probably, you know, Don. But I just yeah. think it's funny. It's Don. like, and then John Hunyadi spoke to Dan. Um, Anyway, Uh, so as I said, Vlad, who's like 9 or 10, and his brother Radu have accompanied their father on this journey into into Ottoman territory. Um, And they're left upon, so their father is eventually released, but uh, Murad says, like, I'm I'm keeping your sons, and hopefully that'll make sure that you're loyal to me next time. Um, But as I've said, these these Wallachians are fucking hard-ass people. Um, So... Things get a little murky. I'm going to speed along because there are big periods of this story where, like, the details are kind of scarce. Um, okay. So Vlad comes home and immediately is, like, reinstated as the Voivode. He's just – there's not even really a big struggle. He's um, so popular. People like him. And he says, fuck it. Like, I know he's got my sons, but I'm joining this crusade uh, to retake Constantinople. And It's the dream. Yeah, the king of Poland and uh, John Hunyadi are, uh, are th- I'm sorry, this is, Constantinople hasn't fallen yet, but this is to help save Constantinople. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the king of Poland and John Hunyadi are, like, leading this crusade. Um, and at this point, uh, Vlad the dad, Vlad's dad, Vlad, uh, just figures both of his sons are going to be executed, and he says, this is, you know, the price that I will pay for Christendom. Um, yeah. Another important thing to note, I keep mentioning Christendom and these Crusades, uh, the Great Schism, the Western Schism, had just happened, like, less than 100 years ago in, like, the 1380s. And so things are still really loosely defined, but the... uh, uh, the Draculeshti, the, the, this family, the Vlads, are, yeah. I guess, what you would technically call Orthodox. Uh, they are not <clears throat> Catholics. Um, yeah. But at this point, things are still kind of murky. Um, everything hasn't been ironed out yet. Um, but yeah. so whatever, they're, they're, even though the kings of Poland are, the king of Hungary is, they're like, all right, we're going to join this you know, Catholic crusade to um, try to save Constantinople. Yeah. But uh, luckily, like, the, the sons were not executed, um, going back to the story. Um, and then again, their dad switches sides in 1447, um, agrees to pay yearly tribute to the Ottomans. And at this point, John Hunyadi is like the region, uh, what is he? He's like the commander in chief of the Hungarian military. And he's just like, fuck this guy. And he invades Wallachia again. Um, nice. So Vlad uh, III and his younger brother Radu, they again flee, flee to the Ottoman court. Uh, and Vlad Dracul and his Roy. oldest son, um, his oldest son, Mercea, are killed, uh, with Dracul's cousin Dan, uh, his son Vladislav, gaining the voivodeship.
it's a fucking nuts childhood of like back and forth, back and forth. He's being raised. All of lads. Equal parts in Wallachia, equal <laughs> parts in in the Ottoman, you know, the court of the Ottoman Bay. Um, so you know, uh, he speaks fluent Turkish. Like he, they're very um, cultural, culturally uh, exposed children. But um, by all accounts, the two surviving Draculeshti brothers develop in in totally different ways. Um, not a, a ton is known. There are a lot of rumors, a lot of hearsay. But Radu apparently fucking loved being at the court of the Ottomans. Um, he quickly adjusted to the Turkish Muslim way of living. I think he served as a janissary, which are like foreign nice. soldiers in the Ottoman army. Um, generally, they convert to Islam. Um, and he apparently goes on to form a relationship with uh, uh, Sultan Murad's young son and heir, Mehmet, who's that is famously... Yeah, Mehmet the second, the, the conqueror. conqueror. Yeah, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so he's like doing great. He's flourishing. He's getting fucking booty. He's having a, a just a grand old time. He's getting and that meanwhile, bussy. his younger brother fucking hates it. Uh, yeah, he's getting bussy. Um, yeah. <laughs> his son fucking his older brother hates it. Um, Vlad really just wanted to return home, claim his birthright, uh, return to Christendom, and never-ending war with the Ottomans. Um, his brother, who is this like tall, good-looking, strong guy, Vlad is kind of short and stocky, and he's strong. He's like a good fighter, but he's swarthy and 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 fucking. He's if you just look up a picture of him, we'll have one as the episode image, I'm sure. He's he's yeah. a fucked up-looking guy, um, big weird mustache, a lot yeah, going he, on. Yeah, he's even in even in paintings, it's quite obvious that his eyes are fucking insane. Yeah, like, he's yeah. not covetous eyes. He he looks nuts. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so in 1448, uh, when his cousin Vladislav, who was who was uh, had taken his father's place as the as the voivode of Wallachia, um, they embark on, an, on another soon to be failed campaign against the Ottomans. So they leave Wallachia undefended. Um, Vlad appealed to the Ottoman emperor for a small army, um, which he was granted, and he went back and took Wallachia, obviously under the assumption that he would now be loyal to the Ottomans. Um, this was short-lived, however. He was there for, like, um, a couple years. Um, and although Hunyadi and Vladislav end up being smashed by the Ottomans at the Battle of Kosovo in October of 1448, uh, Vladislav returns home later that year with a sizable force still left, and Vlad is forced into exile again. Um... And so, again, this, the next few years, we're not really sure what happens. But basically, he bounces around the surrounding area until 1456 um, when he invades Wallachia again, this time with a Hungarian army, um, and he kills Vladislav and regains his birthright. So we're going to take a, a departure here from, like, the straight history because okay. um, there's a couple of points that I feel like we should address. Sure. Let's so first, that. I want to talk about the, the, the Dracula connection. Um, and I'm not just talking about his name now. I'm talking about, you know, fucking Dracula. Um, I'm not going to do, I kind of am going to do an exhaustive walk through the rest of his reign. So I'll just, I just won't lie to you. We're going to talk about a lot more stuff. Um, but I want to talk about the Dracula thing. So as yeah. I mentioned, uh, Vlad's dad, Vlad was called Dracul, the dragon. Yeah. Um, well, at some point Vlad began signing his correspondences with Draculia, son of the dragon or the little yeah. dragon. Although he probably wouldn't have wanted to, he probably would have liked Son of the Dragon better. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's Vlad the Second Dracul and Vlad the Third Draculia. Um, confusing. It's medieval Europe, super fucking dumb. 
this sounds pretty familiar, I'm assuming, and it's part of the reason that I'm writing about Vlad during our October Spooktacular, because obviously Dracula is the name of a famous literary vampire. So when Irish author Bram Stoker, Bram, I always want to say Stoker, but it's Stoker. When Irish author <laughs> Bram, Bram Stoker, Stoker baby. Yeah, dude. Um, so when, Stroker, when, man, I fucking hardly know her. <laughs> so when, uh, when Bram Stoker conceived of his Transylvanian vampire count, uh, he pieced together bits of old accounts of the region during the medieval era, and he, he came across Vlad Draculia. Now, basically, every detail of the fictional Count's life differs at least slightly from the real-world Draculia. For example, uh, Stoker has Dracula as a Hunnic descendant, um, attempting, attempting to draw a connection to Attila. Um, though, yeah. as we all know, the real Vlad was a Romanian Vlach. Um, however, the idea that this mysterious dark figure from deep in the forests of Carpathia might have actually been a vampire is obviously uh, super enchanting. People really latch on to this. And so even through present day, the idea of Vlad the Impaler is, is constantly mentioned in the conversation about Dracula. There have been movies where they've sort of hinted that that's him. Um, like modern movies, like where they basically straight up say like it's Vlad the Impaler who's Dracula, um, yeah. and so people always think of the vampire thing when they think of him. Um, it may have had something to do with his developing uh, legendary penchant for cruelty and violence, which we'll talk about in the next section, which I've dubbed Vlad's penchant for cruelty and violence. Yeah. Uh, so we've gotten this far talking about Vlad the Impaler, and all I've done so far is describe his comings and goings and his rise to power. Um, I did that because I think it's really interesting, uh, as is the rest of his rule, but I do think that we need to address the, uh, the Impaler bit, so let's do that. So it is well known uh, that even Vlad's living contemporaries feared his apparently monstrous wrath and capacity for torture and carnage. Now, as we'll discuss, uh, Vlad continued his father's legacy of switching sides and doing whatever he had to in the moment to stay in power. And can you blame him for that? I mean, do like we said, do, man. yeah, it's a fucking crazy time to be alive. You're living in the Balkan region, you know what I mean? You got yeah, yeah. It <laughs> kind of <laughs> what the fuck you gotta do, man. <laughs> it never stops being crazy in the Balkans. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there begin to circulate some really insane stories about him throughout his life and then afterwards, which are, some of them are, you know, fairly substantiated, some of them are not, um, but they're all fucking bananas. Um, so, like, there's, like, the famous story about the time when two Ottoman emissaries come to him um, to discuss peace, uh, but when they were greeted in his throne room, they refused to remove their, their, uh, their turbans. Um, as was their custom. You don't take it off in front of anybody. So apparently Vlad had his guards grab them and nail the turbans to their skulls so that they could never take them off. He's like, I'll help you with that. Uh, or the time that he had this giant cauldron built that had head-sized like holes in the lid of the cauldron so that he could boil people alive but watch their facial expressions because their heads would be sticking out, which is normal. Um, I feel like it would leak. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, or, and this is the big one, uh, but he loved having people impaled on spikes outside of his castle, uh, and just in general, that, that was his, like... comes from. Yeah, yeah, the impalement is where impaler comes from. Uh, his preferred method of, of execution was to have people impaled on stakes. Um, so here's the thing about this. Vlad is a, a medieval European despot ruling in one of the most violently contested regions of his day. I mean, remember his fucking childhood? It's bananas, it's crazy. So yeah. he was, like, almost certainly a fucking sociopathic, violent brute. Uh, the thing is, he's just definitely not unique in this. 
Um, maybe he was a bit more bloodthirsty than some, but with all these historical figures, you have to kind of look at you know who had reason to smear his image um, and who was writing the histories. And fairly often, you'll find that you know, hey, these are the same people that he slighted, or the people that are um, the people that are writing about him are people that he is wronged in some way. Um, I think he's and, cool. Yeah, he's I great. I think he's cool. Um, he did nothing wrong. It was cool. Yeah, no. Vlad the Impaler did nothing wrong. Um, dicks out for Vlad. So was he a gnarly sick fuck? Yeah, probably. Um, but he also probably wasn't a cannibal vampire demon. Just a fucked up dude in a fucked up place at a fucked up time. Uh, but anyway, let's jump back to his reign a little bit. I just wanted to kind of like do an aside where we talked a little bit about, you know, the names, the Impaler and Dracula. As I mentioned at the start of the show, Vlad the Impaler rules three separate times as Voivode of Wallachia. And now the yep. longest of the three, uh, the first and the last, are very short. The longest of the three, and the most interesting, happens now. Uh, so we left off, he's just reclaiming his throne. Um, in 19, I'm sorry, 1946, Jesus Christ. Imagine <laughs> if this all happened, just like... 80 years ago. Um, so in, 14, in 1456, John Hunyadi fucking dies. And his son, Ladislaus Hunyadi, Good yep, Good takes his place as uh, captain general of Hungary. Uh, so he immediately starts throwing shade at Vlad, saying, like, yo, this guy won't stay loyal to the Hungarian crown, which, like, you know, yeah, probably, because, you know, what else is new? Um, meanwhile, apparently Vlad kicks his second reign off by executing thousands of potentially dissident people, having them impaled. Um, cool. In correspondences dated to this time, he's quoted saying something along the lines of, you know, a strong man can do whatever he wants to make peace his way. A weak man will just be dominated by someone strong. So, like, he was definitely an authoritarian ruler. You know, he was, he was definitely a uh, uh, rather be feared than loved kind of guy. So anyway, when the king of Hungary, who's literally also named Ladislaus, uh, has Ladislaus Hunyadi killed, the okay. Hunyadis begin a civil war with the crown, uh, which gave Vlad and the son of the voivode of Moldavia a chance to um, foment a rebellion there. Meanwhile, there's a group of Germans living in Transylvania that are called the Transylvanian Saxons who are loyal to the king of Hungary, so naturally Vlad goes and attacks them. And see, here's the thing. It's these Germans who start spreading all these stories about him impaling men, women, and children. Um, also, I'm aware of how fucked up and confusing that whole last passage was. Um, just know that at this time, fucking, not only is everyone fighting the Ottomans, but they're also all fighting each other constantly. Welcome yeah. to medieval Europe. Uh, so when Ladislaus yeah, of Central Hungary Central Europe is a fucked up place, man. Yeah, fucking bananas. And so as I'm reading a lot of this, I'm just like, so wait, who's fighting who again? It's really hard to keep track. And since I'm not writing a book on it, I just no. sort of, we're just going to chalk it up to the fact that nothing, everyone's fighting everyone. Yeah, dude, nothing is more cursed than looking at a map of the a specific, like, uh, of just the states of the Holy Roman Empire. Oh, sure. It is, it is some truly unholy shit. Yeah, it's bananas. A lot of exclaves, a lot of enclaves. I mean, this whole thing... Just reminded me of a CK three, you know, Crusader Kings three, yeah, because yeah. it's it's border gore, baby. Oof, bananas the border gore. Fucking Carling gore. 
<laughs> fucking carlings, dude. Dude, the fucking carlings, man. Um, <laughs> so where am I? Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> So when Ladislaus of Hungary dies, okay, Ladislaus yeah. Hunyadi's <laughs> younger brother, yeah, yeah, the brother, Hunyadi Ladislaus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ladislaus Hunyadi's younger brother, Matthias Corvinus, is elected okay. king. Yeah, uh, and Vlad was like, "Fuck this! I'm not serving a Hunyadi king." Was it? Was he really into ravens or something? Uh, I don't know. Gross. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't remember what Corvinus is from. I know that like, Corvus is 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 Raven. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe he is like the Order of the Raven. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, I should have learned that. He was but... really fucking liked birds, dude. He was like really big yeah. into crows and shit. Yeah. He was really big into his his aviary, his walk-in aviary. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a like, fucking tight ass. Leave me alone, aviary. mom. I'm going to be with my birds. <laughs> you know who else is really into birds? It's Mike Tyson. Yeah, Mike Tyson is a pigeon. Was a pigeon a pigeon keeper all growing up. Yeah, I believe um, when there was that short-lived TV show Mike Tyson Mysteries, yeah. was it actually Norm Macdonald who voiced the pigeon? Oh, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. I think so. I'm gonna check this right now. I gotta do it. Yeah, check it out. Just a little Norm Macdonald talk again. Mm-hmm. So it's... sad that Norm is gone. Yeah. Let's see. Probably got some listeners like, that was fucking Norm MacDonald. Move on. It was Norm MacDonald. Pigeon. Wow. Go figure. Fucking, um... <laughs> fucking Norm, dude. Yeah, dude. Um, it really fucking blows that he's gone. Yeah. Almost what blew guy. even more was seeing that Malcolm Gladwell essay. Oh, yeah. That was, that was <laughs> so <laughs> stupid. Yeah, just oh so man, stupid. everybody is showing their unrequited love for this person that just passed away. It's yeah. time to make this about me. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Malcolm Gladwell. A fucking douchebag, um, bro. All right. All right. So he said, so, 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 back to the, back to the core. Oh man, I just got so fucking mixed up there for a second. Um, <laughs> yeah, you so like when dissociated Lattis for a second. <laughs> What did you say? I said you like dissociated for a second. Yeah, yeah, my shit was not was not on point. <laughs> shit um, is fucked, dude. Well, it's just like I'm looking at this page and I, there's all the names are the same. So I'm like, is this where I'm trying? Um, yeah, Hunyadi. Yeah. So that's yeah. right. So so Mat Matthias Corvinus, who is a Hunyadi, yeah. is elected king, and Vlad is like, I'm not serving a Hunyadi king, and so basically he sort of declares his independence simultaneously annexing some Transylvanian territories. So Transylvania, remember, is part of the Kingdom of Hungary, bordering yeah. Wallachia, which is sometimes part of you know. It's just a satellite state, and it's bouncing back and forth between uh, Hungarian influence and yeah. Ottoman snip, influence. Snap, 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 snap. Um, and people always think that I always thought that he was Transylvanian, but he's not. But whatever. I, I, he's a, he's uh, the, I knew he was Wallachian. He's the Wallachian That's why lord of Transylvania. Yeah. Well, I did too. Like by the time I fucking did this I episode. Knew it before. I yeah, knew it before. great. Good for you, man. Good for you. Um, Do you like my Wallachian knowledge? I do. I'm very jealous of it. Uh, so he also bars the Transylvanian Saxons from entering Wallachia um, and has a bunch of them burned alive, apparently. Meanwhile, uh, in Ottoman land, um, do you remember the Ottomans? No, do I ever. Yeah, you remember we were talking about them? Oh, man, I'm, I can't drink seltzers when we fucking do this show anymore or anything else. Um, 
1453, uh, Mehmed II, who is, remember, supposedly maybe Vlad's younger brother, Radu's lover, yeah. uh, has, is now the sultan, the bey of uh, the Ottoman Empire, and he conquers Constantinople at the age of 21, which is insane, yeah. uh, effectively ending Shouts the Byzantine Empire. Shouts out Constantine Empire. Paleologos. Yeah, Shouts who out. led his own men and fell in battle. The it's final like, well, Roman Empire emperor. Shit's fucked, dude. Yeah, yep. he was like 29 when he did that too, I think. Yeah, both of these guys were super young. Yeah. Um, and so, and so he conquers uh, Constantinople at 21, um, famously building these like giant cannons and like blowing apart the, the the walls of Constantinople, which were like the largest on earth and like famously thick. And it's yeah. like this huge moment in the dawn of like you know quote unquote modern warfare, where these these massive gunpowder weapons just like demolish these medieval fortifications, and it just changes the face. Yeah, especially because like yeah, Constantinople had like a series of like impregnable walls. Yeah, exactly. And, um, right, they're, like, layer upon, because the city had kept growing, yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. like, you know. So, like, Rome if you managed to way. break through one, you would just be caught right. with, like, another one right there. Yeah, tons and tons of walls. Um, so this is, walls I mean, this is all this, the way down, this, bud. It's walls, all walls all the way, all the way down. down. So this, I mean, this is the end of the Roman Empire. It's, it's for those of you who don't know, right, the now Byzantine. now it's the Empire of Rome. Yeah, well, he becomes the Caesar al-Rumi, the yeah. Caesar of the Romans. Uh, but so uh, the Byzantine Empire is obviously the successor state to the Eastern Roman Empire um, and had continued, you know, that, that imperial tradition uninterrupted uh, until this point, and now it's gone. Uh, it's done. So the world is changing. Um, 2,000 years of history, bud. Yep. From Caesar to Constantine Paleologos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now it's now it's done. R.I.P. Um, but uh, alas, we must continue. Uh, yeah, we we cannot dwell on the the fall of Rome. Yeah. So basically, during this time, Vlad, who his father had made an agreement with with the Ottomans, and he's technically supposed to still be paying them tribute, uh, but he hasn't for like years. Um, yeah. I mean, they helped him retake his kingdom and everything, but it, it just, he's not, he's not holding up his end of the bargain. Thank so friends. eventually, uh, Mehmed sends an envoy requesting that Vlad come to Constantinople to answer for this. Uh, but the thing is, he'd also sent another envoy to tell uh, one of his vassals uh, to capture Vlad as soon as he crossed the Danube. Um, Vlad caught wind of this and had both the envoy and the treacherous vassal, Hamza Bey of Nicopolis, executed, <laughs> which is insubordinate. So thus begins a war in which Vlad has proved himself to be a stubborn and deadly commander. Uh, he quickly occupies the biggest border fort between the two territories at a place called Giurgiu. And then he commenced to invade and raise the Ottoman hinterland. So again, like this is like pretty ballsy. He's just like a little local regional guy who's not really in with the Hungarians. He's not really in with anybody. And he's just decided I'm going to invade the Ottoman Empire with like substantially fewer men and mm -hmm. just get while well, the getting's good. Um, definitely kind of nuts. So. Yeah. Mehmed responds to this by raising an army to invade Wallachia with uh, uh, approximately 150,000 strong force, which is like more than twice what um, more than twice what what Vlad can muster, even at his most his highest level of strength. Yeah. Um, and he expresses his wish to have Vlad's brother Radu take Vlad's place as voivode, um, yeah. which would make sense if they were lovers. You know, he's trying to hook him up. So Vlad reaches out to Matthias Corvinus in Hungary, like, hey. Uh, 
Uh, I know we've not always been super close, but I started this war. Actually, I started this for you. Uh, this whole thing is about you, um, and for the glory, the glory of Catholicism. Uh, and now remember, Vlad himself is not officially a Catholic, but he, he's just pandering here. He's like, "Can you help <laughs> me?" Um, but no help comes in time. The Ottomans travel up the Danube and they land, and um, they just start fucking whipping the shit out of Vlad. So Vlad's like in retreat, right? Um, towards Targoviste, which is like one of his like regional capitals. But on the way back, he's in his own territory now. He's just implementing scorched earth. He's like, well, uh, an army that big's gonna need food, so I'm gonna kill all of my own peasants and burn all of their farms so that nobody can have it. Um, which is actually, it's very brutal, but it's like a very solid military yeah, it's very, technique. Yeah. It's effective. It's just yeah. <laughs> fucking brutal, right? Um, so yeah, he's like, it'll just uh, take you a long time to come back from it. You'll just yeah. probably stop their advance. Right. Can't get that um, supply train going. Now, there's a famous story here, which is really okay. cool, where at one point, so they're back at Targoviste, the Ottomans are approaching, and so he takes a bunch of his retainers, his like personal sort of guys, and this is Vlad himself, and he sneaks out, and they're like, we're going to sneak into the Ottoman camp, and we're going to either capture or kill Mehmed II. We're going to go to his tent, and we're going to, like, personally fucking yank him out of there and kill him and throw the army into disarray and they'll have to go home. So he does it. Like, you don't hear about this shit a lot, but, like, he, the actual leader of his own people, sneaks into the enemy camp and is, like, trying to assassinate the, the Ottoman Bay. Um, but, unfortunately, the, the camp is so big, they get confused. They end up in the tents of two viziers. Um, and I don't I know for sure what... the part. What? The part where they impaled 20,000 citizens. I'm not there yet. Uh, I'm still back here. It. What? Nope, I'm still back oh, here. Oh, it's they, over here. Okay, yeah. yeah thanks, thanks for interrupting and throwing off the flow, Evan. Well, you'll have it right here, too. See this? See this? See that? What? Where is it impressed with Vlad's leadership skills? Yeah. That's what you were just saying, but that's... No, I didn't say anything about... I didn't say anything about that. You're, you're just you not did. paying attention. No, I, I didn't. Attention. I said they tried to kill Mehmed. I said it's impressive. They tried to kill him. I didn't say any of that yet. You said impressed. Yeah, that I, it's impressive that he would do this. Impressed. So pay attention, okay? All right. So okay. I don't know. I'm just gonna I'm gonna redo that part. Um, impressed. So one. So <laughs> fuck. So they're back at Targoviste, <laughs> and <laughs> they're back at Targoviste, right? And uh, they decide. Uh, they see the Ottomans coming, and. And Vlad himself is like, all right, I'm going to lead some of my loyal retainers on foot into the enemy camp. We're going to sneak in. We're going to find the sultan's tent, and we're going to either capture him or kill him. Um, impressive. Which would have been a would have been a really big blow. <laughs> um, and it is impressive that uh, some might say even Mehmed himself would be impressed. Jesus fucking Christ. So, um, no, I totally deserve this. I I I'm not going to tell you that you have to stop because like whatever, I've earned it. But yeah. I get it. I get it You've now. You've been fixing for uh, it, yeah. But, uh, so they're trying to find his tent, but it's a huge camp, and they end up getting confused and going into the tents of two viziers. Um, and I don't know if they okay. killed them or not, but whatever. They end up fleeing. Um, but he gets away, and he, like, escapes this massive Ottoman camp and gets back, and he, they order a full-scale retreat from Targoviste. So when the Ottomans finally arrive in the town in the next day or two, um, yeah. it's completely empty. It's been burned to the ground. Uh, and some 20,000 citizens had all been impaled, uh, left behind in the city, uh, with men, women, and children all dead and birds uh, feasting on and apparently nesting inside their entrails. 
uh, which is very metal. Yeah. So yeah, maybe he is a fucked up guy. Uh, but like I said, uh, all cool. of these leaders are fucked because apparently Mehmed's uh, reaction when he saw this, he was like impressed with Vlad's leadership skills when he saw that he was willing to murder 20,000 of his own people um, to make an escape. Again, these numbers are like almost certainly exaggerated, but whatever. Yeah, it was, so, it was probably uh, like a few hundred. <laughs> maybe. Even still, it's, maybe, it's maybe like a it's a massive atrocity. That, that, but I mean, yeah, I mean, how do you like, how do you keep up your to like you know after like you know a dozen or something right. you must be like damn we, we're just gonna do this all night huh <laughs> i'm like tired <laughs> from impaling people damn, um, and I this is where lived... the famous the famous image of like seeing like men women and children yeah. like babies impaled like onto their mothers and stuff like just yeah. crazy shit Although it's um, just kebab. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the ottomans uh <laughs> they're starving they have to like go back and resupply um but they leave radu behind with a smaller expeditionary force um and it quickly becomes clear he starts sending out you know propaganda to the countryside saying like listen like the ottoman bay can come back and reinvade any time so i don't know maybe you should consider siding with me and not my brother vlad and look what he does to people here and so you know most of most of the people there basically stand behind him and they say like all right like we like Radu. We're gonna we're gonna side with Radu, and so Vlad has to run away, and he he he's, he heads towards Hungary and Transylvania, looking for asylum. Oh man, Trey, look up at the sky. It's a full moon on the Sabbath. This is scary. Break it down. I was working late on my half Torah when I heard a knock on my bedroom door. I opened it up. And to my surprise, there was a werewolf standing there with glowing gold eyes. He says, tomorrow, my son, you will be a man. But tonight's the time to join the wolfing clan. Tomorrow, you will stand at the beamer and pray. But tonight, let's gaze at the moon and bathe. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary. Folks becoming men, men becoming wolf. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary. So, uh, Matthias Corvinus, the uh, king of the Hungary, man. Yep, travels to Transylvania to entreat with Vlad, um, who basically begs him for help re regaining his throne. Uh, now, Corvinus sees the folly in fighting the Ottomans, unlike his, his uh, father had, um, and ultimately decides to have Vlad imprisoned. Um, he has to send a letter now to the Pope uh, justifying his imprisoning of another uh, Christian ruler um, and his refusal, more importantly, to attempt a, re a reconquest of Christian lands from the Muslims. Um, yeah. So he forges three letters reportedly signifying, or uh, reportedly uh, showing like correspondence between Vlad and Mehmed and a plot to like join forces and betray Christendom. Um, yep. Modern scholars all pretty much agree that these are these are forged because they just like there are a lot of surviving letters from Vlad the Impaler and they don't match like the cadence or the tone or the writing so they're just like really clearly not real but yeah, yeah. you know they didn't have forensics back then so um, so Vlad Dracula is then locked up for 14 years in the city of Belgrade. Now do, I'm sure he's think, treated. Yeah, do you, do you think he was thrown in the oublier? No, I think that he was probably something closer to house arrest. You don't think they threw him in the oublier even for a week or two? No, I to don't. To drive him a little mad? I don't think that. You don't think he was in the oublier? Well, so there's two T's so you and an E, so you pronounce it oublier. 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 Fair oublier. enough, buddy. 
Um, okay, so now we're entering into like the final phase here. Um, so 14 years pass, and finally he's released when he agrees to officially convert to Catholicism. Um, remember, they were probably what we would call Orthodox before this. Uh, Corvinus acknowledges his right uh, to rule as the Prince of Wallachia, but refuses any aid except for 200 gold florins from the treasury for his trouble. Uh, so he's now bouncing around, like looking for a home base and trying to plot his return to power. Um, so Mehmed goes on to conquer the voivodeship of, of Moldavia. Um, and at this point, the new voivode of Transylvania, Stephen Bathory, which is a name that you might recognize if you've ever heard of the famous Countess Bathory, who is his great, 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 like grandniece or something. Part of the band. Yeah, named after the Bathory family. Um, she's famous because apparently she used to bathe in young, beautiful women's blood to stay young and beautiful herself forever. Oh, is that where he got the name from? For the band? Bathory? No. Yeah. Him. Who? Bathory. He's her ancestor. She comes around in the 1600s. I know, I was just being stupid. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, you were. Um, so, man, we're so even after this episode. We're, like, completely even. So uh, Corvinus uh, ordered the Transylvanian Saxons, who, remember, historically had not been big fans of Vlad, um, mm -hmm. they're ordered to aid their efforts. Um, and eventually, in late 1476, they're successful. Um, this is Bathory and Vlad and the Saxons and this little coalition. They're successful in driving the Ottoman puppet uh, Basarab Leota out of Wallachia and replacing Vlad on the throne. Uh, but don't celebrate yet, because things are okay. rapidly about to come to a close. What's up? I said, okay, I'm not celebrating. Okay. Things that, well, you held up your hand, which you usually do when you want to say something. Oh, sorry, I held up both. Oh, I, going, oh shit. I can only see one of them. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. So oh, shit. don't celebrate yet, though, because this is going to be short-lived. Um, basically, he... Uh, uh, okay, where was I? <laughs> um, uh, right fuck, after man. Bass Rab, Leota. Yeah. Okay, so um, he didn't have long though because so he this is like all in the 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 like October fourteen seventy six he reconquers it and by December Basarab uh, comes back with like an even bigger Ottoman force um, and Vlad obviously mounts a valiant defense but he dies in combat in the inside the same year that he takes things back within within a couple months um, so ends the tale of Vlad Dracula 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 the Impaler. Um, <laughs> His gravesite is unknown, um, which obviously sort of plays into the immortal vampire trope, but probably yeah. not. Um, and I didn't write this here, but I meant to, to add that the interesting thing is, even though in like common parlance we think of him as this sort of like awful guy, and he's usually framed as this like psycho, like murdering dude, uh, in mm -hmm. Romania he's still like a, a major folk hero and is still considered like one of the greatest, you know, Romanian leaders of all time. Um, because, you know, he refused to bow to anyone, basically, and he was all about having, you know, his own sovereign rule over that land. And so he's just sort of become like this, like, folk hero type figure, um, even though, you know, we have this idea of him being this fucking psychotic murdering guy. They sort of tell the story about, you know, the Ottomans getting the nails in their head, and they're just like, ha ha, man, like, what a cheeky bastard, you know? Um, <laughs> And I just find that really interesting that he's still, and, and like I said, he's become like this sort of massive cultural figure and he still kind of lives on through, you know, stories of Dracula and he's been incorporated in that mythology pretty heavily. And um, 
yeah, it's just interesting. But definitely a, a spooky sort of psycho uh, mass murdering freakazoid, to be sure. Psycho killer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're doing. <laughs> you got any, I mean, now there's plenty of time for jokes. Do you have any, any cool stuff to add now that, that there's plenty of time for it? Oh, no, no, no. You've got nothing no, to good. add? Yeah, I got them uh, in. It just seemed like you had a lot to add, so I thought maybe well. I'd give you some time here to... <laughs> oh, I got them in, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay, bro- good, broke good, up good. the monotony of the story. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. It was some classic... Got my uh, dunks in there, dude. Some classic high-concept comedy. Beep. <laughs> yeah, whatever, we'll beep it out. <laughs> some classic high-concept bullshit, you're a stupid fucking punk comedy. <laughs> yeah, that's my, the name of my next special. That's uh. funny. Um, so yeah, that's it, folks. Uh, that's the story of the famous Vlad the Impaler. Is there anything you yeah. wanted to add? Anything you want to talk about? Um I don't know, you, you got uh you got any uh you got any um plans for any spooky movies this month? I don't know, man. I haven't really been making a lot of plans. <laughs> um I yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh I'll probably watch something spooky. Um oh. But yeah, no, I I, I, I haven't really been <laughs> haven't really been in the mood, I'll be honest yeah. with you. Well we got um, one big one later in the month. Dune. Oh yeah, Dune is Which is uh, Dune's kinda it spooky. It looks like it's cleaning up pretty well. Yeah, it's yeah. not a spooky movie. But, no, but it Dune's looks like uh, very, very tep- I, I am cautiously optimistic that it's gonna fucking own. Yeah, I, I feel good about it too. I've never really had a moment where I was like worried that it wouldn't be good. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah, I, li- I like Denis Villeneuve, so. Yeah, I don't know a lot of his stuff. I, I remember, well, I feel like I've seen at least something Arrival? else. Arrival? Have you seen Arrival? Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. I knew I'd seen something. Yeah, Arrival's great. Um, uh, Blade yeah, Runner 2049 cool. owned. Yeah, that was him too. That's right. I liked yeah. that a lot. Yep. Yeah, and I'm excited to see more Dave Bautista because yep. he's actually like a pretty yeah, fabulous he, oh, actor. Dude, he, dude, his scene in fucking Blade Runner. Yeah. It's like he like just stole the show in like his like what ten minutes on screen. <laughs> yeah, he was fabulous. Yeah. So but, uh, I, I'm, another, I'm really excited. Another for good that. Denis movie that's like creepy. Enemy. You should watch that. I think it's his first English language one because like usually did French, but uh, it stars um, what's his name, Jake Gyllenhaal, and it's like very uh bizarre and like creepy. What's which one's Enemy? Uh, it stars Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, he's it. having something of a, a crisis of personality, and it's it's very, yeah, it's just like a, a very strange movie, like very evocative, not really like a ton of defined narrative, but yeah. it's very uncomfortable. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it rocks. Enemy. Enemy. <laughs> Enemy. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll watch a spooky movie after this. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch a movie. I worked like fucking eleven hours today, so. What are you gonna watch? I don't know. Check my check my letterboxed watch list. If there's on. something cool, I'll watch I'll watch the same movie, and then we'll actually have right. something to talk about. Oh but yeah, it I, also, dumb, I also I'm... watched fucking Red Dawn. <laughs> oh, the original <laughs> or the yeah? Oh yeah, the original. The oh, original, did. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a very long time. I remember seeing it when I was a kid. Like, Maybe we know, can do a, a movie night episode of that. Of Red Dawn? Yeah. Sure. 
Yeah, I'm always down for a movie fucking night. movie, dude. All right, let's wrap this shit up. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> thank you guys for listening uh, to Left on Red. It was my pleasure, and certainly sounds like it was Evan's pleasure to have uh, been here with you this evening. Uh, he's yep. chuckling like a, just like an absolute maniac over here, my own personal <laughs> little Augustus Gloop. Uh, yep. And so um, we're really happy that you joined us, and we hope you liked hearing about... Uh, Vlad the Impaler. As mm-hmm. always, you can reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, we always post that in our show notes. Um, you can also send us an email at leftunreadpod at gmail.com with yep. uh, hate mail, episode suggestions, uh, criticisms of our taste in music, uh, whatever the hell you want to do. Um, yep. But yeah, thanks so much for also, listening. Also, tell, uh, tell people about us, friends, yeah. family, all that shit. We basically spread word of mouth, so uh, yep. that's how we get around, so please do that. Yeah, we're not some money-making podcast at this stage, so we're, we're really just a, a little homegrown local operation, yep. a little grassroots operation. A mom-and-pop uh, podcast. Mom-and-pop shop, and I think you all know who's the mom and who's the pop. Um, so anyway, it's it's been it's been great. Yeah, okay, um, okay, yep, great, yep. No, this was our best month yet, though, so we appreciate it. We're still growing, so very cool. Well, last month was because this is coming out. Oh, that's true. La- this last month... We are recording this in the tail end of September. Last yeah. month is... Oh, and also, uh, last thing, but uh, expect, and if you follow us on Twitter and whatever, you already know this, but um, our new release date is going to be uh, midnight on Sunday night slash Monday mornings. Um, Eastern which time, just, Eastern Standard. Yeah, Eastern yeah. Standard Time, which just gives us uh, a little more time to kind of tighten things up and um, edit, and then things Not can just, just come out. just release them randomly on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Things will kind of come out at a more uniform time, which I think will be a little more professional. So um, sorry if that throws things off, but it doesn't seem to have been a big issue. We started quietly <laughs> this past week. So, um, all right, cool. That's it. Have yep, a great, great night. All right, thanks. Yep, bye. Bye.